Good morning, and welcome to our Forward Cities online gathering broadcast. If you're new with us at Forward City, we are one church that meets in multiple locations, and we do this so that we can help you move forward towards a full life in Christ. But we also want to let you know, too, that not only are we meeting virtually, we're also meeting in life groups and home churches at, right, right now. So if you want to get connected to one of those groups, if uh, you want to get connected to a home church or a life group, that is still meeting, we want to connect you to that. So please let us know so that way we can um, give you the details on where to go so you can have those relationships and you can have those connections during this time. Now, last week, we were so incredibly blessed that the Holy Spirit would lead Matt to remind us of the final words of Jesus Christ before he ascended into heaven. And through that teaching, we were challenged to choose commission over omission. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to take the words of Jesus to go and make disciples as what it is, a a command, not a suggestion. And, And the beautiful thing is, and you've seen this and I've seen this, that the beautiful thing is when we do what we are commanded to do by God in his power, we will see God do the things that only he can do. And you and I can attest that the things that God can do is absolutely amazing. So today, I want to continue on with that teaching from last week from Matt, and I want to remind us how important it is for us to be on mission for Jesus, because our world needs peace. Scholars tell us that war is one of the constants of history, and that it's not been diminished with civilization and democracy. Now, scholars tell us that in the last 3,420 plus years of recorded history, only 268 have seen no war at all. And, and because of all of these wars, we have a lot of solutions that we've, that we've come up with, United Nations, peacekeepers, humanitarian aid. And while we've seen progress you and I know that nothing has really worked fully so far. Our world needs peace. But our society also needs peace. Generational poverty, racial tension, exploitation, crime, drugs, hurt. And we have solutions. You know, we, we can vote in new governments. We can, um, we can, we can in, enact new legislation. We can have petitions and we can do protests. There's even shaming and canceling. And we can appeal to the goodness of mankind. But while we see progress, nothing has really worked so far. Our world needs peace. Our society needs peace. And you and I know that our lives need peace. Broken marriages, abuse, pornography, fear, loneliness, bitterness, addictions, pride, and materialism. And we have some solutions to this. And we have Oprah. Um, we, We have good books. We have counseling. We have divorce. We have willpower. We can just ignore it and hope it goes away. Or we can lean into it and just chase more and more and more. And while we've seen some progress, nothing's really work so far. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to do all of these things. You know, we should pass good legislation. We need to vote. We need good governments. 
We, we need to read good books. We, we need bodies to help with the conflict all around the world. We need to stand up for the marginalized. We need people uh, creating ministries, starting nonprofits to help people. Absolutely. But what I am saying is that these in themselves, they're never going to bring lasting peace that we're searching for, that we're longing for, that we're praying for. Because we need to understand that the, the cause of conflict is not between nations or parties or even between families. The conflict isn't between me and you. The reason we have conflict and tension in all its forms is because humanity is at war with God. And because of that, we will never have true peace until we have peace with God. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Reconciliation is a word that means to bring together that which is separated or at war. It means to take two who were separated because of enmity and to bring them back together into oneness and wholeness. And as we see in this verse, the Apostle Paul is telling you and he's telling me that God has called us to go in his name, to go with his power, to go with his message of peace and reconciliation to a lost and broken world. Now, now, believe me, I, I know that this is way easier said than done. I mean, we, we've read these verses. We, you know, we read the verses that Matt shared last week to go make disciples. We know this. Like, we know what we should do, but we also know how hard it is to do it. See, it's, it's not that we don't want to. It's just that fear comes in. I mean, if you're honest, many of you don't do it. I often don't do it because of the fear of being an, like sounding like an idiot. I mean, how many of you don't share God's word because you're afraid of what you're going to sound like? If you're going to do it wrong, you're going to say it wrong. Believe me, you're not alone. I'm the same way. There are times I sit back and I think to myself, man, I don't know what to say, or maybe they're going to come with this, this question. I'm not going to have an answer. I'm afraid of sounding dumb. How do I start the conversation? And so in fear, we choose to not step out because of we might sound like an idiot or do it wrong. For some of you, the fear is different. For some of you, the fear is the consequences or, 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 or what's going to happen to you in that relationship or that friendship or that work situation if you do step out with the gospel. You're afraid of what it might cost you. And for most of us, for most of the people in, in, in the church, fear causes us to put aside God's mission. Now, believe me, I, I get it. I, I struggle with this as much or even more than some of you do. And so that's why today is so important. We need to be reminded that, that we need to choose stepping out over opting out. Because when you and I choose to not let fear hold us back and instead step out in faith with the gospel, lives aren't just changed, they're transformed. In 2010, I graduated from university and I moved back to Chatham, Ontario. Uh, I was working for a small business where everybody that I worked with considered themselves a Christian. So for me, what happened was I went from uh, a 
an academic institution that had so many people of different worldviews, uh, and then came back to Chatham, Ontario, where I was going to the church that I grew up in, um, working with Christians, and I it just felt like I went from being able to share the gospel with people who had never heard of Jesus or didn't really know what Jesus was about to not having anyone to talk to about Jesus who didn't already know him. Uh, so I started praying because that felt like a big loss for me uh, that I wouldn't be able to reach people who were far from Jesus uh, with the gospel. So I started praying that God would lead me to non-Christian friends. I found out about a volleyball league uh, that would allow me to just join the league and they would assign me to a random team. Um, and so I figured this is a good way to meet new friends. And I'm kind of a social extrovert, so that wasn't really out of my reach um, in terms of comfort level. And I met this girl on my volleyball team named Natasha, and we became really fast friends. Uh, I think within weeks of the volleyball league starting, we, we started hanging out. We would go to what was coffee culture back then, and we would have coffee. Uh, and eventually, I started asking her about her faith um, and what she believed about God and Jesus. And um, it was a really great opportunity. I was able to tell her about what I believed about Jesus and describe to her my relationship with him and how he had saved me. Um, and it was this kind of crazy thing where she started coming to church with me sometimes. I remember a particular event where she went to our church's Christmas production and she went out uh, to Krabby Joe's with all of my church friends and we got into this conversation about how we could make the gospel even clearer and she was jumping into the conversation she knew enough about what we believed um, to to have really good valid points in this conversation um, it sounds like I should have been really encouraged but it was really kind of disheartening because she got it she even kind of believed it um, but she was also really content about where she was. She had her own story with God, and at the time, it really didn't make much sense to her to surrender her life to Jesus. Um, so we continued being friends. Obviously, uh, that wasn't you know, a stopping point in our friendship. Um, and then in, within a year or so, she actually ended up moving out west. Uh, I think, yeah, within a year or so, she ended up moving to Alberta. And while she was there, she actually ended up dating a guy that I was friends with, someone who actually I would pray for time to, uh, time to time that he would become a Christian too. Again, you would think that that would be really exciting for me, uh, but he wasn't a Christian and she wasn't a Christian. And I just felt like if they were ever going to become Christians, they need, needed to find other people or they just needed to not be together. Um, I just felt like together they would distract one another from how awesome Jesus is and their need for a savior. Um, so I continued to pray for her in particular, but to be very honest, I really kind of had lost faith and I think I had some pretty honest conversations about how God had really put in my heart to see her um, know him and I felt disappointed and gypped that he hadn't you know, let that happen. Then 2013 and 2014 hit, and those were not great years for either of us <laughs> um, um, for very different reasons. Um, it was a bad year for me, and it or a bad season of life for me. It was a really bad season of life for 
Natasha and her boyfriend, Zach, uh, they ended up moving back to Chatham. And during that time, Forward City Church was just launching. Uh, and out of support to me, they both came to the first launch Sunday uh, in, in April 2014. And then the story continues. <laughs> I guess I'll just leave it at that. I'm Nadia Owen, formerly known Natasha, as Katrina first met me, or Natasha. Um, we met, Katrina and I met back in 2009, 2010. I just came back from Toronto from school, and this random girl joined our volleyball team, and majority of us actually knew each other, and she just started playing with us. And um, we clicked right away, I think, because she's extrovert version of me and we just got along really well and cracked jokes and yeah and so we started hanging out and i found out she was christian which was fine by me um and she would talk about god and her beliefs and i would listen because i didn't i didn't mind and then she started um asking about me and my relationship with god or if i had one and i explained that i grew up roman catholic and that i prayed a lot and i i did my first communion i did all the things you do in the catholic system um, and then my mom got sick and in the Catholic world they say, oh, pray and they'll get better and praying like will heal them. And I prayed and she died. And um, that's where I just became a big disconnect between me and God. And I, I know God was around. I know God is real. But I um, just, I was good without him right now. I just, everything I was taught told me that that shouldn't have happened and it happened. So she understood and she disagreed, but she understood and, and our relationship moved on. And um, we continued to be really, really, really close friends. And she was one of the people, last people I actually said goodbye to before I moved out west. Um, and out west, I started dating um, Zachary Owen, Zach. Um, and he was actually friends with Katrina too. Um, and out west was amazing. And we were out there for, I think, two years-ish. And unknown, unknowingly to her, we actually went to a Christian church here and there around the corner from our place, which is kind of funny because she had no idea. I don't even know if she knows now that we, we've done that. We went to church a few times. We were just really open to anything and everything. Um, and then unfortunately, um, due to some deaths and unforeseen um life situations we had to move back and it was very hard so we really 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 liked our life out west um but everything happens for a reason so she was going through a hard time as well and we knew that and we were going through a hard time and she asked us probably five months after us being home if we would like to go to this new church that she's opening up and zach and i were like sure we we're both being open people and um i asked about it a little bit and um the funny part was, is I went to church with her a few times. I went to church with her back before, just mostly because I cared about Katrina. And there was one pastor that I actually connected with even back then. And she told me that was the pastor that was starting this church. So I was even a little more eager to go and see, uh, <laughs> see what uh, it was about. So we went and we honestly just never stopped going after that. Um, both Zach and I just really enjoyed the people, really enjoyed the messages. We were going through a lot of not great things at that time. And for me, I just felt like I was on rock bottom of life, of just too much stuff was happening in my life that I just couldn't do anymore. And uh, I felt like I couldn't lose anything by, by trying this whole God thing again. 
And so uh, we started going. And then at one point, Zach just kind of looked at me and was like, do you want to get baptized? And I was like, yeah. And the minute we had that discussion, I remember laying in bed and we had this discussion. We just lived our lives as Christians until the day we got baptized as best as we could. And then about, we just knew we wanted to get married. We wanted to do everything, I, I hate to say the right way, but the right way. And um, we gave our heart to God and we just never looked back. We got baptized, I want to say like two weeks before. We showed up in like board shorts and t-shirt, not knowing what a baptism looks like. It's growing up Catholic, that is not how a baptism looks like. And everyone had family and noisemakers and we were like, what are we doing here? Um, not that we regretted getting baptized, we used to know it was a party. We just thought you'd get baptized and that's it. Um, and uh, clearly Stevie's very excited about this. Um, <laughs> Stevie. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got baptized and two weeks later we tricked everyone we loved and we got married. And um, so I guess um, I'll save the rest for my testimony that Mark has asked me to do. But I guess to sum it up, it just hasn't always been easy uh, loving God and being with God, but it's not supposed to be um, because life is not perfect. We are sinful people and we're constantly growing and uh, we just keep going. I'm with God in our life. It's just so much, the bad is just so much better than it could ever be. Um, with God, we feel we can do anything, even on the worst moments. And it's just kind of funny how Katrina was pay, play, praying for these sinful, unchristian people all these years and losing faith when God was working in us the whole time, unknowingly to her, because God doesn't tell us everything. Looking back at what God was doing for Zach and Nadia at the time, it's what stands out to me is that I had a vision for what I wanted for Zach and Nadia and how I was going to love them. Um, and it frustrated me when they weren't choosing Jesus, even when they understood everything that I wanted them to know. Um, it just made me upset <laughs> that they weren't, or it, it didn't make me upset. It made me discouraged when they weren't choosing him. And yeah, looking back, I just see how perfect God's love is that he allows us time and free will. They both had their own stories with God that had been unfolding for their whole lives. And he was drawing them to himself. He wasn't forcing them like I wanted to in the back of my mind force them to you know make a choice he was letting them see him for themselves and 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 he was patient in a way that I wasn't and I think that that is a beautiful picture of God's love for me like as a wife and as a mother to to witness that God's love is not contingent on where you are at the moment, he sees the potential and he sees where he wants to bring you. Uh, so if people, aren't, if people aren't where you want them to be now, just know that God loves them and is patient for them and is drawing them to himself. I love how God made this story happen. I love how he was pursuing um, he was pursuing Nadia so much, and even though Nadia wasn't pursuing him, he was coming after her with grace and love, even th even through all of the hardships and the trials that she was going through. 
God was pursuing her. And at the same time, God was moving in Katrina and he was challenging her and he was convicting her and he was saying, you need to go and share the gospel with who I bring to you. And then God brought them together. And Katrina faithfully shared uh, God's word and Nadia listened and it was part of the journey of Nadia's transformation towards Jesus. So as you and I are challenged to be ministers of reconciliation, as, as we are challenged to step out over opting out, there's a couple of observations that I want to give to you about how to step out when God leads you. And the first is, it starts with prayer. We, we need to pray that God would open our eyes to the broken. We need to pray that God would open our hearts to those that are far from him. We need to pray that he would lead us to the people that he's pursuing. Out of all the people that are in our circles, who is he pursuing? Who, who is he drawing to himself? We need to pray that God would open up the doors of opportunity. And when those opportunities present themselves, that we pray that we have the courage to step through with, by speaking the gospel. And when we step through, th- th- that God would give us the words to say and that God would open their hearts when we say them. And after they hear the message of God's love and reconciliation, that they replace their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, it says, O Lord, give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It starts with prayer. But as you're praying, the next thing that you and I need to do is to just step out in confidence. Now, I know that some of you hear Katrina's story and you think to yourself, like, well, that's easy for an extrovert. I mean, some of you are actually saying, it's e- well, that's easy for an extrovert. She's an extrovert, so of course, it's easier for her. And I'll concede that signing up for a volleyball league and not knowing anybody, yeah, that's an extroverted thing. And not many people be crazy enough to do that. But speaking on behalf of extroverts, Meeting new people, it may be easier for an extrovert, but you need to understand that stepping out and actually sharing your faith is difficult for all of us. But see, when you and I step out, we need to understand that we can go in confidence because we're not doing it alone. You see, remember what we've heard last week. After Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples, he told them that he would be with them wherever they would go. See, and that same God, that same God that sent the disciples in boldness, that same God that empowered Paul, that same God that guided David's sling and stone is the same God who softened the heart of Esther's king, is the same God who parted the Jordan River, is the same God that will give you and me what we need to do the work that he's called us to do. And in all of this, we can have confidence, confidence knowing that their decision or acceptance isn't up to you. It's not up to me. It's not our job to to, to have them accept the love of Jesus Christ. Our job is to be obedient, to cross the line, to step out in faith and share the love of Jesus Christ with our words. It's God's job to awaken their hearts. See, we can have confidence knowing that because you're not good at that. God is. God's the one who changes hearts. We can have confidence knowing that he's already at work in their lives. 
See, before Katrina even met Nadia, God was at work. And when, 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 when Katrina could no longer have, have contact with her, God was at work when she was in Calgary and God was at work when she was here. God is already at work in people's lives. We don't bring God into their situations. He's already there because grace is already rushing ahead of you. You're not bringing God. You're just joining God where he's already at work. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. See, you and I, we we need to choose to believe in our callings. You need to choose to trust in God's power and you need to choose to step out in faith with God's message of peace because when you do, lives are not only changed, but they're transformed. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God.